Hello, soccer fans, and welcome to the ninth episode of the Fantasy Doctors Soccer Podcast. We are your hosts, physical therapy students Berg, here with myself, Andy Serafin. And here at the Fantasy Doctors, we use our expertise in the world of sports, as well as medicine, to bring you the most up-to-date injury news. Berg, how you doing today, man? What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? What's good? What's good? Listen, it has been a blessing of a week. You know, I couldn't ask for a better birthday yesterday. You know, my team won, Real Madrid won, Liverpool won, Barca lost. Listen, it couldn't ask for a better week than this. We got a lot to talk about. <laughs> I know awesome. Andy's trying to run away from this topic, ah. the Barca topic, but we got to squeeze it in there to talk about why they actually, you know, lost, which is a big deal, big deal in the world of football. I didn't know it was your birthday yesterday, but happy birthday. Happy belated, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's get into it. Um, Manchester City has officially won the Premier League. Mm. It is Sunday. They have won it today, even though they played yesterday. The reason for that being Manchester United didn't do their jobs today against West Ham. Mm. Um, So, therefore, Manchester City are the new uh, Premier League champions. Congratulations to them. Yeah. City won the game with four games to spare. He won the title with four games to spare, man. That's Quick question for you. Quick question for you. Now, there are some people saying that Pep Guardiola should push to get 100 points in the Premier League this season. How many, points, how many points do they have now? I believe to get to 100 points, they would need four wins and one draw out of their remaining matches. I think there's five matches remaining. Would that be a record? That would be a record. Uh, okay. Well, I don't personally. I don't think so. Because I mean, yes, he can try, but you, you have you have players on the bench that hasn't played consistently throughout the year. So why not put them? You already won the title. There's nothing else to prove here. Just put the players that have not played consistently throughout the season, so they can you know actually taste a little bit what. You know, a 90-minute uh, full competition game feels like. You know, why not? Why don't we save your star players? You know, they go into the World Cup. You know, they need to stay healthy. So don't don't jeopardize their World Cup appearance. Just the 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 low caliber players. I don't mean to dis- be disrespectful here, but you know, the 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 younger low caliber players. Let them have their fun in the remaining of the the, the last four games that they need to play. Four yeah. games to spare, man. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. What's the record? I think the record is in terms of total points in the Premier League. I think it's ninety-seven or ninety-eight. Ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Oh, no okay. Ever scored one hundred points? Yeah. Um, I'm talking about with. I think Men Men United has the record in terms of how many games they um, how many games left to spare. Um, so I think. Yeah, Man United had won the league with five games to spare. If they, you know, if Man City had actually won against uh, Man United, they would have actually broken a record again with six games to spare. Yeah, yeah, that was two weeks ago, and I think just because United were in second place, it would have been almost like that whole six-point thing when you went against someone that's right near you. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Also, good news coming out of Manchester City. Mendy is back. Um, he tore his ACL back in the fall. Seven months later, he is back in full squad training. He is not back in terms of being in the squad of 23 every week. 
but he is training with the squad 100%, so good news for him. That's good. I mean, hey, they, they already won the title, and he can't, he can't play the rest of the game, really. So it's – I don't know. It, it's, it's just definitely a <laughs> say bad timing to be back because the season is practically over. That's true, but maybe it's a blessing in disguise for him because now Guardiola will have the chance, like you said earlier, to work him into the team. Um, yeah. He's not going to have any pressure in terms of selecting the right starting 11 anymore because he's already won the league. So maybe he'll have more time to um, just recover greater and come back from this injury. Mm-hmm. Good man. Yep. And another player coming back from injury. This one's a superstar, Manuel Neuer. Last week he said um, he was jogging again. This week he actually started goalkeeper training. And this is the first time in over six months that he has done goalkeeper Mm. training with Bayern Munich. So what's your thoughts on this recovery here? Uh, I mean, he definitely needs it because, um, you know, I, I saw the video. They were doing some light training with him, like goalkeeper conditioning where he just stand in front of the net and they just threw balls at him. And, you know, he had to in multiple direction and he had to catch them. So it was definitely not, you know, like people shooting at him. Just that, that purpose just to check his reflex and they look pretty good, but he definitely, like I said last week, he definitely needs to play in the last, um, in a couple games that's coming up um, because he, he needs to show that he's fit. Because the international coach has to actually give uh, the, the, the name May 14th. Like everyone that's on the squad, that name need to be, those names need to be on the list by May 14th. So he definitely has something to prove before that time comes. Yes. Yeah, so so let's, like, let's dig into that a little bit more. So these World Cup managers, World Cup starts June 14th. Mm-hmm. These managers need to send their final list of their squad on May 14th, one month before. And that is actually one month from today. I know. So that's coming up very, very quickly. Very fast. Very fast. So if there's any, if there's any doubt in a player, if I'm an international manager, if I'm Germany, I don't think at this point, if he hasn't proven himself yet, I'm leaning towards the no to taking him to the world cup because you can only take three goalkeepers. If Mm -hmm. one of them is injured, that only leaves you with one, goalkeeper remaining on the bench and that's just not enough if i want to win the world cup that's why i said newer needs to be starting in all the coming games that's coming and prove himself because we already know he's a world-class he has that factor working for him and the fact that he's a world-class goalkeeper and you know you need that kind of player on your team it's just a matter of now are you fit enough to actually prove yourself in a world cup because the World Cup is a big deal. It comes around every four years. You know, they're not trying to mess around here. They need, they need people who are fit. So that's why he needs to prove him. And pressure's on. You know, you may think it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's good. It's good news that he's back. But he's definitely under, he's definitely under a lot of pressure right now. Because he's got a month, four weeks. Four weeks comes by pretty fast, man. He's got yeah. a lot to prove in those 14 weeks. Mm-hmm. One more player that is kind of on the borderline for Germany as well. What's your thoughts on Marco Royce? Uh, is he injured again? Because I, 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 I don't know. I don't have any information. Here's the deal with him for our listeners as well. He had a partial ACL tear in September, October. He finally came back um, and 
was recovering well and was actually playing for a good stint. And he had a groin injury about three weeks ago. So he had a good month, month and a half where he was playing, had this groin injury. But that groin injury, really bad timing, happened during Germany's last international break. So he was called up for the squad but couldn't come because of the groin injury. Mm. And I did some research in terms of what he's contributed to Germany in the last few years. He hasn't scored for Germany since 2015. Mm. Oh, yeah. You think he's going to make it? I think just like Neuer, where he's one of those players where his name alone kind of gives him an extra boost in terms of cachet, in terms of being really just play into the squad. Yeah. And once again, he hasn't scored for Germany since 2015, and he only has three goals this entire season. Yeah. Well, you know, where does he play? He doesn't doesn't he play on the left wing? Yeah, left wing. So, so I'm guessing at this point Sane would be starting. Yeah. Leo Sane is definitely going to start. He had an amazing season with Man City. There's no way that boy's going to bench him especially on the light with all this those injuries that he's been having. But it's tough. It's tough. Um who else I'll I'll need to actually take a look at the squad to see who they have um who do you have on the bench? Yeah, so, so just off the top of my head here, because I was doing some research on this earlier in the week, um, in players, Germany's likely going to set up in a 4-2-3-1, right? Mm-hmm. And in terms of those three, that midfield three, you're going to have competition from Ozil, um, Sané, who are both likely going to be starting. Definitely. Julian Draxler. Um, you're going to have Goretzka, who's coming from Schlock, who is moving to Bayern later this year. He's going to be competing for one of those spots as well. And, um, yeah, I guess Marco Royce, throw him in there too. But, and Goatse as well. Fam. It's tough. Fam, it's tough. I don't know. It's tough. Thomas there's Muller. Lot, there's a lot of good – Thomas Muller. Well, he's, he's a forward. He's not – oh, they definitely can swing Royce as a, as a, as a striker there. But he, he's been playing as a winger all his life. So, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's tough. Yeah, definitely. I seriously think he might not make it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, Jurgi Lowe obviously wants to bring him as well as Manuel Neuer, but we'll see what happens in terms of the next international break. Hmm. All right. We got some more news. Mohamed Salah, last week he, he said he might not play. He, he came back and he took care of business. Why don't you tell us more about what he did? Uh, so last week on a podcast when we were recording, I was on my bed because because I, I record on my on, in my bedroom. It, it, we we talk about how Sal, I'm not Salah. Jurgen Klopp decided not to you know tell the media any information on injury, and you know soon after that, Salah got injured and he told the press that we, we don't know. We're still talking to the medic to figure out what's going on. We don't have any information yet. And then a couple of days later, we find out, you know, first I was, I, was, I was actually very scared. I was like, oh, my God, our main player is gone. You know, what's going to happen? Oh, my goodness. And then I put my physical therapy student cap for a moment and, and started thinking, say, hey, hold up. He, he, he subbed them because... You know, there, there, there was some questions about, you know, whether or not the injury was, you know, severe or not. And Jurgen Klopp didn't want to risk it, so he, he, he subbed him out. So I'm 
and I started thinking, hey, you know, this is this is probably a minor injury, and he's just for precaution because they know they're gonna need him in the Champions League game the next week. Maybe let let me sub him out and rest him, not to aggravate the injury and see what happened. And then pretty soon, you know, after that, he's just he's back. He was back in training, and at the way he moved. Last week, the way he moved in the game against City and the way he moved in this, um, the past week, this, yesterday's game against Bournemouth, you can see that he wasn't a grave injury at all. And, yeah, we, we, we won the game. Salah score. Everyone's happy. I'm happy. Did you see the header that he scored? I did not Bournemouth? see the header. I will have to look at this after this. Oh, recording. my God. Beautiful header. Him and Alexander Arnold are definitely blinking. The, the 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 crosses that Alexander Arnold sent to him and he just basically lightly touched the ball with his hat and lobbed the goalkeeper with a header. And he didn't even yeah, he didn't even it was you gotta watch this. It was amazing. I will have to. With another thing too, with the way Salah's been playing right now, I'm gonna go and say if he actually has a good World Cup, he's definitely gonna be in the top three for Ballon d'Or contender. It's bold statement here, but he's been playing well this year. I've seen him. I think right now he he's definitely top five. Definitely top five right now. In terms of Ballon d'Or. But to take it away from one Lionel Messi or two Cristiano Ronaldo, who can both still win it in their own right. Oh, yeah. He is going to have to. I think he's going to have to win the Champions League at least. Oh, yeah. And have a better World Cup than both of them. They, he He... He needs to make it. They need, they, they need, he needs to get to the final. First, he needs to get to the final. And he needs to be, you know, have at least make it to the knockout stage in the World Cup, man, to be like, he can. I think that, okay, for him to win it, I think what he's going to have to do. No, he's not. I'm not saying he's going to win it. I'm just saying he's yeah. going to be in the top three. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think, but he does have a chance to win it because he is one of the few players of the last few years that is, actually competing with Messi and Ronaldo. The only player to really do that in recent memory is Luis Suarez from a few years ago. And but, Neymar. And Neymar. Ah, not Neymar. I don't know. <laughs> you know. If he and this is completely this is completely doable. Let's say he goes and wins the Champions League. And then let's say he goes and wins, let's say the golden boot at the World Cup. Mm. Most goals scored. Those are hard. I think that's good that's enough. Hard. I think that's good enough for him to win the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, I think if he make it to the final of the Champions League and have a decent World Cup at least, he would definitely be top three. Yeah, the man, I, I think so. The man has industry, man. He's working hard. Mm-hmm. And his name, his name is there. So, we were talking about Salah, talking a little about Ronaldo. Let's move into Real Madrid mm. and what they did this week. Mm. Um, very, very controversial, in my opinion, controversial mm. call mm. Um, against Juventus. You are a Liverpool and Real Madrid fan. That's why I'm so happy, bro. Like, no matter which way it turns out, one of the teams going to make it. I'll be very shocked if neither Liverpool nor Real Madrid make it to the final. Either way, I'm, I'm, I'm winning. <laughs> I'm going to have two shirts. <laughs> Real Madrid and Liverpool shirts. But yeah, let's. I digress. Let's talk about uh, the 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 penalty. Do you? I don't even know why I'm asking you. Do you think it's a penalty? So, 
that's why I'm advocating for VAR to be used in a Champions League. I know they're not they're not being used in a Champions League right now. It's been implemented in the MLS in the Bundesliga, but it has not been implemented. And they they're going to implement it in the World Cup coming up in this World Cup, but they have not implement VAR use in the Champions League. And I was reading a report like five minutes ago. The president says it will not VR will not be used in next year's Champions League either. So now I'm thinking, okay, look at this penalty that that happened to in a week, right? Clear if you if you there 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 are a couple there 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 are a couple angles here that you have to watch. First, the camera angle um the camera that was set up behind buffon you can clearly see that the defender came around and kind of brush up vasquez definitely got hit if you look at that angle the 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 camera behind the keeper that you if you look at that angle you can see that vasquez got hit but now when you look at michael oliver's angle which is he had a back view there was no way that no looked way. like a flop. That looked like a flop in, in the back view. But for him to actually call this out means I, I started asking the club, were, were, there, were there communication with the linesman? Because the linesman had a good view of it too. Mm-hmm. That's true. So it, it's one of those things. I ran a poll on my Instagram page and, you know, 61% of the people said it wasn't a penalty. But when I'm looking at that angle, that camera angle, it looked like a penalty. But Michael Oliver's angle is definitely not a penalty. Definitely looked like a flop. So that's when you start implementing, you got to make a gut decision here and say, hmm, you know, I got I, I to gotta call this out. Based on the, the crowd reaction, the linesman communication, the player's reaction, the angle, like the way the player falls. There's a lot at stake here. There's a lot to take into account to decide this penalty. So if in those dire moments, if you need to be 100% certain, wouldn't VAR VARUs be useful here? I don't – I would say yes. Well, Why not? My, Why not implement that? Here's, here's my thoughts on it. Um, VAR is used very well in Germany. And the German model is super efficient because what I believe happens in Germany is their head referee doesn't actually go over to look at the monitor. He has another referee up in the booth that looks at it for him. Well, that, that, that's the way it should be. It should be. And that that's was still down the game. Well. That's the way it should be. Now, the way it happens in MLS, which is another league that has um, implemented this strategy, is the head referee has to actually run off of the field Like in the NFL or the NBA, he runs off of the field, looks at a monitor, and then makes a decision from there, Mm. which takes a lot of time. That takes a lot of time from the game. A lot of time, definitely. And even in games like this, momentum is huge, right? Even in the last few minutes of that game right there, we saw so many momentum changes. And taking a break of five to six minutes, that that can really put a damper on things. But um, my thoughts on it is I don't want to see VAR – yet um i think it should be maybe piloted in a few leagues let them kind of work out all the problems with it before we bring it to european's biggest competition with this, which is the champions league yeah and i think we're also seeing that in the premier league the premier league also voted no to implement var for next season 
And I think it's just because there's still a lot of issues with it. There needs to be a way to kind of work this out super efficiently. And I think that's what we're going to see in the next few years. I mean, it's, it's definitely it's in, in its nascent stage. You know, they definitely need to run some, some, some te- they definitely have, need to have some test run before, you know, like you said, before they move it to the biggest stage of the game. But like I said, there, it definitely, there, yes, there, there are pros and cons, of course, but there are certain moments where it needs to be implemented especially in, you know, in, in games like these when so much is at stake and you can't tell, like, the majority of the people agree that it wasn't a good decision. Where I draw the line in the decision is there is just no way. I, I actually went back and read the rules because that's just how I work. I wanted to go back to the rules, see exactly how they were written. Uh, this is how the rules are written. If somebody kicks or attempts to kick an opponent, which happened, right? Benatia did kick Lucas Vasquez. The referee must consider if the action was done carelessly, recklessly, or with excessive force, or none of those. Fam. In my opinion, in my opinion, I'm saying it was not done carelessly because Benatia did go around Lucas Vasquez. And, it, and at the same time, Lucas Vasquez didn't even have clear possession of the ball yet. He was trying to win no, the ball. He trying, yeah, he was trying to, he was trying to head the ball. Yeah, he so he didn't to, even have possession yet. See, the, everything you said makes sense, but it, you have to decide or take all that into consideration in a matter of two seconds. Yep. <laughs> There's absolutely no way. Absolutely, especially with um, Michael Oliver's view, the view that he had, he definitely didn't see that. So right, I don't know. Sure. I don't. It's still a controversial penalty, but you know, as a Madrid fan, I will take it. I definitely did <laughs> not. I definitely did not agree with the red card against Buffon. But then again, I don't know what Buffon said to Michael Oliver. Maybe that is true. About, maybe something about Michael Oliver being under Real Madrid's payroll. Yeah, I think Cialini was definitely saying that. <laughs> he made some uh, gestures there. But um, Buffon wasn't too happy. And I don't know. It makes me a little sad because Buffon is one of the greatest players of all time, probably the greatest of Italy of all time. And to see him go out of the Champions League for the last time um, with a red card like that, it, it I don't know. It kind of just rubs me the wrong way. That's I don't see any reason why you're, if you're a referee, you understand why he's so mad and why he's so upset. Oh, yeah. So clearly just let him be upset. He's the goalie. Let him finish out the game and goal with the penalty, possibly a penalty save, and kind of just let it happen from there. Yeah, well, the game is not fair, man. That's true. It's not fair. I, I, do we, do, I compare this with uh, Michael Jordan when he was – taking titles away from players that have been wanting to get the title for a long time. And he just came in and swat, just swoop everything. <laughs> that is, that's actually the perfect analogy. That is yeah. very true. That is a hundred percent true. Um, one thing that I do think VAR could be used for, however, is potentially um, evaluating head injury because yeah. I have Definitely. seen it on multiple occasions. Um, even world cup, world cup last year, Argentina, versus Germany in the final. Um, I don't remember the name of the player. It might have been Kimmich. I don't think it was Kimmich, though. Um, A player was clearly concussed. Like, I could see it from me Mm. staying at home. I can see it. He was concussed. He was knocked out. He was completely out of it. And it took them, the staff, about 20, 25 minutes to pull him out. 
when everybody on TV could understand what was going on. So I think what a potential avenue for um, kind of implementing VAR in terms of injury prevention and all this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. going on is have someone have a doctor up in the stands, up in the booth, um, watching the game and has the ability to use VAR to go back and rewatch the footage of any potential head injury. And from there, that doctor can communicate with the people down on the sidelines and kind of prevent these injuries from worsening and having the player stay on the field. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. Now then I, then I think about it, those injuries happen really so f- They happen really fast. And especially when really fast players get hit and they, they stay down and they think the player is simulating and the game's going on, you know, it, if you can review those kind of plays and just call it out like, hey, you know, this guy is not simulating. He's actually concussed and he needs to be off the pitch. Then, you know, I guess VR could be used really efficiently for that for that purpose. Yeah, and of course, you cannot fully evaluate a concussion based off of just strictly film footage, especially if you're in the booth, but you can definitely see some of the symptoms. Yeah. And that needs to be recognized. Definitely. And it, it, they're going to implement it in the, the, the World Cup's coming up, so we'll see. Yep. Um, news coming out of Germany, Bayern Munich, Arturo Vidal has a potential knee injury um, I just want to give a quick shout out to one of my followers. We speak Bayern. He runs a Bayern Munich account and was actually at that training session. Really? So he, yeah. He sent me, this is super cool. You never, whenever an injury happens in training, you never get to hear anything about it. Right. But in this case, one of my followers, he sent me pictures of the injury and it didn't look too good. Um, we do know that he was taken off out of injury, um, out of the injury, um, my bad, out of the training session off of it looked like it was crutches almost, but uh, with a big game coming up against Real Madrid, what do you, what do you think is going to happen here? Well, we obviously don't have enough information. And it has has this been out in the news yet? Yeah, it was reported. Okay. Yeah, it was reported. Okay, okay. Uh, we don't know. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely a huge boost for Madrid here because Arturo Vidal can be a little pest on the midfield. Just box-to-box blocking player, blocking passes. So him not being in the picture definitely make Real Madrid's job a lot better, but they definitely can't find any replacement because they have a deep squad. But in terms of when he's coming back, I'm I'm not really sure because we 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 know it's a it's a you said knee injury, correct? Yeah, knee injury. Yeah. No, it's a knee injury, but we don't know the extent because knee injury means a lot of things. Could be meniscus, could be ACL. I wish I had footage. I, I wish I actually saw the video, the picture, just to see um, the mechanism of injury. I would have actually had some some sort of insight on what's going on, but we we don't we don't know. I don't I, I don't know. Yeah, so we'll definitely keep you guys posted on that. Um, definitely best of luck to him. Make sure he recovers, comes back yeah. quickly. But I think Byron will be okay. Yeah, they have a deep squad. They'll be okay. Yeah. You know, it's actually the team I wanted to face. Really? Oh, yeah. Why is that? Why is that? Because Roma is coming from – Roma has really high confidence right now. And the, I wouldn't want to face them right now, especially after that high from winning against Barcelona. You know they're a very dangerous team after that after that win, so I wouldn't want to face them right now at all. 
I'll wait till they get to the final because they're not used to being in those in the final in those stages and hope that the pressure actually get them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But right now I want to face them. Let me get Bayern. I didn't want Liverpool because I want both of those guys to actually make it to the final. So it works out in my favor. Now, another question for you. This kind of just came to me. I'm looking at the final four teams that are in the Champions League, right? You have Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Mm -hmm. um, Roma, and Liverpool. And none of them really made a big transfer purchase last summer. All the clubs that did make big purchases are now out. Barcelona are out. PSG have been out. Um, Manchester United. Like, all these clubs are out. So what are your thoughts on this, especially from the fact that all these clubs, their their main goal is to win the Champions League when they spend all this money. Well, I would say so, they, they, I would say Liverpool definitely made um, spent some money to get Salah and to get um, Virgil this year. Oh, that is I so that that that, that yeah. pays off a little bit. But for Real Madrid, you know those squad is they didn't need they don't need to buy new players. It's the same squad they made it to the Champions League last year. There's no need to actually buy new players because those those. Everyone in the team has Champions League experience and later stage Champions League experience too. So there's no need for Madrid to actually spend money and get new players. Now, Roma is the wild card here because I never thought Roma would actually make it. So that's, that's, that's a, Roma is a completely different case here because, I, yes, they were trying to make it to the Champions League, but no one ever thought you know, they had the kind of caliber to actually make it in that stage of the game. So, yeah, it, it's it's Roma is a wild card. That's the, I'm just gonna keep it there. It's a wild card. It, it, definitely a wild card there. Yeah, I never thought they would actually make it. Yeah, I, I think the same. And I don't know. It's just me as a Barcelona fan. I was upset, but I mean, I'll be able to get over it because I know my team will be back eventually. Um, but if I'm PSG, I am very, very upset right oh, now because oh, I am the money I spent upset. versus the money they spent, it, it's just not paying off. Yeah, that's that's football too, man. You know, they yes, we know money can actually get you to the later stage of the game. You see it with PSG, you see it with Man City, money, the, the money that they actually spent paid off. In, 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 in over the years. But like uh, Mourinho said in his controversial interview, you know, a few, a, a couple of years, yes, it's always the same teams that make it to the, the semifinal and the final. But every few years, you know, there, there, there's a wild card. And then he st- cleverly inserted his enter the Milan, enter Milan team there. Yeah, it's just some years you get a wild card. You get Sevilla. Um, now it's Roma. I'm, I'm Sevilla. A couple of years it was Inter who actually won it. Now you're finding Roma that make it. It just shows you that it's not always about money. There's also a matter of pride. There's also a matter of chemistry between the players. There's also a matter of luck as well. And Roma definitely didn't make it there with luck. They have a, a, a they had a strategic plan for Barcelona, sure. and that actually worked out. Now we'll see if they if they won if they win if they win again. I will say they're gonna win. 
I'm just going to go out there and say they're definitely going to win this Champions League. Mm, I don't know about that, but that's a topic for another day. Like I said, if you if if they make it, if you beat Barcelona, you beat the, the next person in in the semifinal coming up. That's a huge confidence booster. That is true. That is very Inter, very true. Inter Milan did it. Yeah, I, mean, I guess, especially if you want to win a final, I think, in my opinion, it's easier to win a final versus a semifinal because semifinal, you have two legs. Yeah, you have two legs. That is true. Final is just one game. That is true. But, yep, moving on to our last injury of the day. Diogo Costa um, out of Atletico Madrid has injured his hamstring yet again. Um he will be out for at least the first leg of the Europa League semifinals versus Arsenal. What's your thoughts on this injury? Um, how do you think he's going to recover? What, what's your thoughts on this? We know. Let's see. Well, first we have to know what grade hamstring injury it is because there's def- many different grades. There's grade one, there's grade two, and there's grade three. Grade three, you cannot even bend your your knee past a certain degree, past a small amount of degree. Grade one, you can actually come back after two weeks. In grade three, it's it's it varies. You can come back early, you can come back late, depending on how they manage it. So my guess is here it's like two to three weeks top. And I'm pretty sure he might be coming back in a second leg. He might not be on tippy top shape, but he's definitely gonna be there. Do you remember um, a few years ago when Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid were playing in the final of the Champions League? I remember that. Um, Do you remember what Diego Costa did before that game, though? Diego Costa played the first leg, I think, and then in the second, before the second leg, he got injured. I forgot what the injury was, but they actually played him in the last couple minutes of the game, maybe last 20 minutes of the game but he didn't produce enough i think a few years ago i know that diego costa he actually had a hamstring injury before one of these big matches i don't know if it was that year maybe the year before but what they actually did for that injury was because he wanted to come back so quickly and it was such a very important game what his medical staff actually did i don't know why i don't know whose idea it was but they took a horse placenta Right, and a placenta for our listeners is something that comes out when you give birth. And they took the placenta and they put it inside of his hamstring. What? No. Yes, yes, this is true. Because they, their thought behind it was all the nutrients that were in the placenta would help heal the hamstring faster. I don't know what's going on, but one of the risks of this procedure was that it would actually cause more hamstring injury. So I don't know if that was the best thing to do in the long run, but I was just wondering um, if you thought that might play a role in. Well, clearly that didn't work because Diego, <laughs> I remember Diego Costa's performance. It, it still wasn't good enough. Yeah. But he was able to come back. So maybe there's, there, was, there was some win into this, this, this procedure. I don't even – is it a surgery? What, 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 what is I, it? I have no idea. I just know at the time it was it was a pretty big thing. I'm not that I'm not that I'm thinking about it. I think all the the nutrient, the stems. Well, not well. There is there are definitely some stem cell in the placenta. Um, that would actually 
maybe speed up the injury. I mean, speed up, the, maybe speed up the recovery. And it could actually go the other way too, where you introducing a foreign materials to the body, the body might react and might aggravate the inflammation around that injured spot. So I, I got to read this after the podcast. Yeah. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Actually, quick thought or quick um, comment on that. The doctor that did it also did the same thing on Robin Van Persie in 2009, and apparently it worked out very well. Uh, so we'll see. A couple case study going on there. I got I to gotta, I gotta peep. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any more news for our listeners. Do you have any more thoughts on anything else, Berg? Um, well, yeah, let's, um, we, can, <laughs> we can definitely talk about that, that, that strategic plan that Roma had <laughs> to win against uh, I know you watched the game. Right. Definitely had some talk. Let, let me hear them. All right. I'll, I'll give you my thought from minute zero to minute 90, right? To be honest, I was at, it was during finals week. I was at the gym. I said, let me watch some soccer while I'm on the bike at the gym. Good time management, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't even watch the first 60 minutes. I was watching Manchester City versus Liverpool because in my mind, that tie was over. The Barcelona tie was over. And I, I, was, I saw that, um, that De, De Rossi scored. And I'm like, okay, let me put on my goal notifications for this game. Mm-hmm. But it's still over. So don't get me wrong. I just want to know what's going on. And then I see someone else scores. And there's mm-hmm. 70 minutes left. And then I'm still at the gym. I'm like, all right, let me change the channel. Because at this point, Roma only needs one more goal. And then I see that Roma's getting closer and closer and closer. And I'm like, I need to leave the gym. Because if Roma scores while I'm here, I might get arrested. Because I'm going to put a massive outburst. And then I I run home quickly because I live right next to the gym. Put on the TV. And I see the third goal. And I was just so disappointed because... I don't know. This is a topic for another day on my thoughts on the whole Barcelona management of the squad at that time. But I just feel so, so bad for Andres Iniesta because that was likely his last performance as well. Uh, Um, Likely moving on to China. And for him to go out like that, it just rubs me very, very much the wrong way. uh, I was very surprised too. I was coming from work and I checked my phone and it says, Oh, Roma won. So I was like, wait, what? No way. And I checked the score and I was like, how the hell did Barcelona let Roma catch up? And I said, you know what? I got to watch at least 30 minutes of each half to figure out what sort of strategy that they use. So it's a strategy that most teams try to play against Barcelona. They run a very high press. They didn't let Barca build up from the back. You know how Barca does his little tiki-taka thing, start from the defensive, give it to the midfield, pass, pass, pass. They didn't let them build that build at all. No build-up from the back was allowed. And strategically what they did, though, not only that they didn't let them build up from the back, but they push every time a, a player, like a left back or right back, got the ball, they actually pushed him very, very, very close to the sideline. So that means the percentage of a accurate pass got reduced really, 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 really low. So that's one. And they maintain a high line as well. So they, they let a lot of players offside throughout the game. But it's a good strategy. But can you maintain that for 90 minutes? 
that's why most team fails. Yeah. Most team fail in that aspect where they run a high press, high line, not letting Barca win from the up, build up from the back, and then 40 minutes into the game, they let up, and the next thing you know, Barca finds space and Messi or either Suarez crucify you. And they were getting some space like in the second half throughout the uh, the first maybe the first 25 minutes and then they tighten up again. So props to them, man, for actually maintaining that tactic. That shows you that Italians' defense is still you know, world-class. Yeah, that's true. We have to definitely make sure we give them credit. They put in the performance of their lives. Yeah. And it seems like they, if any year, this could be their year to win it all. Hey, I'm, it I won't be, be surprised. I won't even be mad if they win. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be either. I mean, the reason Barcelona lost is because they didn't show up, they didn't perform, and that's about it. It, it. Roma definitely played super well, but Barcelona Barcelona blew it. They had their chance, and they blew it, and Roma took advantage of their chances. She's dumb. <sighs> okay, I think that's it for today. Yes. Um, be sure to follow the Fantasy Doctors on all social media platforms if you're interested in catching up on NFL, NBA, MLB, injury updates. We have podcasts on all those. Um, be sure to follow me on Instagram at the football physios, football with the U with an S at the end for physios. And Berg, what's your handle? I'm on the soccer obsessed. You can find me there. We do a, I've definitely have something cooking up for this week coming. So please make sure to follow and tune in. Yeah, definitely. And be sure to give this podcast five stars reviews on iTunes. Please, please, please rate us five stars. That'll help us out so much. Um, Once again, thank you for joining us. We hope you have a great afternoon and we'll see you next week.